The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Radio Show, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, your body is always in a constant battle to fight off inflammation, and what you eat can go a long way in winning the battle and living healthier. So, listen close and find out how. Plus, later we'll tell you what's going on around Mother's Market and going on around town. But first up, Megan Rowe is a registered dietitian with a background in nutrition education. Megan has worked with a variety of populations in school, outpatient, and wellness settings. She also acts as an adjunct professor for Cal Poly Pomona teaching undergraduate nutrition courses. Megan has a passion for teaching her clients how to create meals that they love within the parameters of their dietary needs in order to help them reach optimal wellness. She currently works at St. Jude Wellness Center, where she runs the weight loss program, coaches clients with dietary restrictions, leads healthy grocery store tours, and teaches a course on inflammatory eating entitled The Nutrition Prescription. And we welcome her to the Mother's Market Radio Show. Megan, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Why don't you fill our audience a little bit in on your mission and your work before we get to today's show topic? Yeah, I just, I love teaching people about how to eat healthy. My just passion in life is making sure you know how to realistically eat healthy because there's a lot of really bad information out there. So however I can put real good food on the table in front of you is what I want to do. Oh, I love that. I love, and you are so passionate about that. Um, Today we're talking about the dietary effect on inflammation and aging, and I'm going to be your number one fan here. (laughs) Anything that says uh, aging and then eating healthy, I'm I'm right there. So tell me a little bit about who you are and um, what you do as a dietitian. Sure, yeah. Um, I do a whole broad spectrum of things um, as far as education. I teach classes on inflammation, on inflammation and health. Um, I do one-on-one consultations quite a bit, and that on anything from I'm working with people right now on brain health who have some early signs of Alzheimer's, all the way over to adolescents who have some overweight issues. So we do one-on-one, we do classes. I do those grocery tours where we actually walk through the store together and we look at how what are we looking for on a label, because really it's that hands-on. I can give people handouts all day long and that might not really make a change. So we look at hands-on things and then um, I teach some online classes as well at the college level. So I kind of wear a lot of hats in the nutrition world. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Um, I th- we, we heard a long time ago, I think when we first started this show about uh, just this is on the grocery store level, mm-hmm. about staying on the outside of the grocery store. Is yes. that right? Is that still it's a whole so true? true? Although, you know, it's tricky depending on the store you're in okay. um, because people, I think, started to hear that. Uh-huh. And so now even on the outsides, there's things like certain juices that look really healthy in the produce section, but maybe have a lot of sugar added in. So it's still, I think, over overarching a good rule of thumb, but you still got to be careful and know what, to, what you're reading. And um, another quick question on the grocery mm-hmm. items there. Uh, some of the mainstream grocery stores have started to go a little organic, but that could be tricky too. Yes, oh. it really could be. Organic doesn't necessarily mean healthy all mm-hmm. the time. You can have organic sugar added in and yeah. organic fats added in, and there's all or sorts of stuff. Plus, you have to pay for the organic label. So some really small farms do a wonderful job of being organic and can't really afford that label. It doesn't mean their food isn't healthy. So read the labels. And- read the labels and know your stores. Get to talk to people. That's actually why I love mothers is because the people who work there know what they're talking about mm-hmm. and they get educated. So it's good to be at a market you know you can trust also. So, oh, yeah. Excellent. Well, you mentioned the phrase food as medicine, and I just wanted to see if you can explain what that means. 
Yeah, because, you know, so often we think about medicine as medicine. Oh, I have a problem. Let's treat it with a pill. But if you can prevent that issue from happening with your food or maybe once you have that issue, treat it with with food, it's actually really realistic. It's just that you have to be very dedicated. Um, A lot of times people think, oh, food is medicine, so I'll start eating more fruit or more vegetables. But if you have a really significant inflammatory issue, you need to completely change what you're looking at in the food spectrum. And food can really help you from that diagnosis from progressing further um, or possibly from a a diagnosis from happening. If you know you have Alzheimer's in your family, Mm -hmm. you may be able to offset that quite a bit if you know that's already happening by just changing the food you're eating. Okay. I'm going to call you later on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. I'll give you my number. (laughs) Okay. What is inflammation then? If you can talk a little bit about that and what does it have to do with health and nutrition? Yeah, it's such a good question and actually a complicated one, it can be. Inflammation itself is a protective mechanism of the body. You know, if you get a cut on your elbow because you fall, there's this inflammatory response of the immune system that's making it red and kind of inflamed, and then it scabs, and then it heals. So that's what inflammation is supposed to do. Unfortunately, all these underlying inflammatory processes are happening in our gut, mm-hmm. and especially in our gut, but in our brains too, and things that you're not seeing. You're not seeing that cut on the outside when you're having maybe some leaky gut symptoms. And so you have this ongoing inflammation underneath that's just happening, happening, happening. And it's as if you're constantly following and scraping your elbow over and over and over again, then it would stop healing quite so well. Well, when that's happening in the system within your body, you're, you're not healing. You're actually just creating this inflammatory response, which stops you from absorbing nutrients very well. It stops you from healing overall, and it can actually create a cascade of symptoms. Mm, that's a really good, uh, thank you for explaining it that way, because, um, yeah. right, I mean, and if you keep getting headaches, or if you keep, right. you know, stomach aches or something, but you just don't recognize that that's that inflammation happening on the inside right. that you don't see. Yeah. So um, it's actually, as a as a link to aging, there's this overarching term called inflammaging now mm. is that the longer you have inflammation, not only are you getting just symptoms, you might get these chronic headaches or you might get chronic stomach aches, but you're actually hastening the aging effect. And so you're getting, there's these molecules called telomeres and the shorter they get, the faster you age. And so you may be getting more, um, memory loss or instability, even things that happen with aging. You may be getting that a lot earlier on. Wow. And so you're saying that with, through, um, health and fitness probably as well, I'm sure that goes hand in hand, but, um, through eating, you can help clear that without having to take all of the medicine. Right. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the classes that you teach on the uh, inflammatory eating? And it's called nutrition prescription. Right. Because we're using food as medicine. So mm-hmm. it's my prescription to you is what you should be eating because you can actually eat foods that promote inflammation or you can eat foods that dampen the inflammatory response. And there is so much research now actually out there that, that shows inflammatory markers are decreasing. It's not just me saying, oh, these are healthy, eat your fruits and vegetables, but it's actually slowing inflammation. Um, so lots and lots of plants is what we talk about. I was just ask you, what kinds of foods are these? Yeah, okay. mostly plants. It's a plant-based way of eating to eat anti-inflammatory. Um, you, we can certainly bring in animal products um, a, along a healthy spectrum. So in my class in the Nutrition Prescription, it's a six-week series, and we talk about first how inflammation is affected by food and how food can affect inflammation. Um, and then we dive into what does plant-based mean, what is encompassed in a plant-based diet, how to read a label for that, what are we looking for really? Because so often I hear people say, oh, I look at the sugars, I look at the carbs. But if I ask them specifically what they're looking for, 
they can't really answer me. They just say, oh, I want low sugar, but what does that mean? So we look at labels. We do um, meal planning together, and they actually have homework assignments where you're creating meal plans based on an anti-inflammatory diet. We look at resources, different books that I like, and authors, and kind of what their mantras are, and we eat in every class. We <laughs> sit down and have mindful eating, because that's part of it, too, is how we eat, not just what we eat. That's mm-hmm. all part of anti-inflammatory eating. So, so you said it's a six-week series, and then yes. how long? An hour classes? each. Okay. Yep. So we spend about mm, 30 to 40 minutes on kind of a lecture topic, and then we eat together. And it's, mm. um, again, we kind of eat family style, and then we go through the recipe, and we touch on how does this adhere to the diet we've been talking about all along. Did you grow up in a family that cooked or uh, that, yeah, tell me a little bit about your, your mom cooking? Or... Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up watching my mom cook. She cooked all the time, almost every single night, and not necessarily focused on nutrition. I never learned that, oh, this is a seed and this is where this came from. It was just there's vegetables on your plates and there's proteins on our plates. And it was just very basic eating. Um, and so I grew up knowing how to cook. And that's always been my number one recommendation to everyone is don't worry about the specific supplements and making sure everything is perfect and adding nutritional yeast right away. Start just cooking and mm-hmm. get rid of the processed stuff and the packaged things and stop eating so much fast food. And right there, you're dampening inflammation. So yeah, I guess you could say it started as a very young age and then spiraled as I got older. Yeah. And I, th- I love that. Yeah. Stop going to the fast food. That's a great advice right yeah. there. Um, what does plant-based really mean? And does it mean that we have to eat vegetarian? Yeah, so that's a huge question I get asked whenever I say plant-based. And it's a tricky topic in the nutrition world because especially with hashtags, you know, plant-based tends to signify vegetarian and vegan, but it doesn't have to be. Plant-based means that you're eating everything based on plants. Your plate, your bowl, your overall day is based on fruits, vegetables, whole grains, seeds, nuts. That's the basis. And then if you want, you can add some animal products in. But there's sort of... Um, a garnish, if you if you will. So oh. we can add a couple eggs or we can add a nice piece of grass-fed meat or pastured chicken. Um, but that's not the main basis of the meal. The basis of what we're eating is, is plants. And knowing that plants doesn't have to mean always vegetables either. While I want people eating tons of vegetables, quinoa also comes from a plant. Mm. And sesame seeds come from plants. And so you can eat plant-based, including all these types of food groups. But I actually, the way you flipped it for me is meat as a garnish. So you kind of, yeah, it's a different way of thinking of things. It goes against the meat and potatoes idea where Mm -hmm. we have this piece of meat and then we maybe sprinkle some broccoli around it. When I ask people to take, I take pictures of their plates. I ask my clients to actually take a picture and we look at because they say, oh, I'm eating vegetables, and they are, but the whole majority of that plate is mostly the protein, and so we want to flip that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we hear so much of uh, so many different fad diets these days, and are there any diets effective in battling inflammation and aging? Yeah, it's kind of a middle ground of all the diets. You know, there's ketogenic, and there's paleo, and there's vegan, and there's all these different things, and if you really look at them, they are based on plants. Mm. It's just the proteins that kind of shift and maybe the amount of fats that shift. And so vegan, your proteins are all coming from plants. Paleo, a lot of your, most of your proteins are coming from animal products. Um, ketogenic, we're having much higher than we are, much higher fats than we are carbohydrate. But no matter what, we're eating lots of vegetables, maybe some fruits, lots of nuts and seeds, and that's anti-inflammatory. So you can kind of take a mix of all those diets and decide 
what you want. Do you like animal products? Maybe you should go more in the Whole30 paleo side of things. Okay, good. Well, this is great information. Right now, we just need to take a quick break, but more in a minute. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Megan. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high-quality, great-tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. Fan favorites include non-GMO peanut butter pretzel bites, organic dried mango slices, and organic dark chocolate peanut clusters. Stop into your local Mother's Market today to explore all the varieties and pick some up to try for yourself. Let's talk menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. These shouldn't be taboo topics. They're the normal life phases we move through as women. And Solaray delivers support every step of the way with her life stages. The first of its kind comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor formulated solutions at each stage with clinically backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy Solaray at Mother's Market today. And welcome back to the Mother's Market Radio Show. And we want to remind you that if you've missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download the show from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click the link for radio and listen to the past shows. Plus, download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with registered dietitian Megan Rowe. And we're talking about the dietary effect on inflammation and aging. And so, Megan... I'd like to clarify what seems to be a huge debate in the nutrition field. And so should consumers be focusing on low-fat diets or on low-sugar? Yeah, it is a huge debate. And it's really more focusing on low-sugar and what type of fat, not going low-fat. And that has been a huge shift in the nutrition world is that fat is not necessarily bad for us. Mm -hmm. It's which fats are we eating. So... Trans fats are terrible, and we want to get rid of those. And saturated fats now, as it turns out, there's a bunch of different types of saturated fats. And so certain ones can be actually very beneficial for us. Certain types of what they're called um, medium-chain triglycerides, or MCTs, are very good for brain health, which is very good for dampening inflammation. Um, Unsaturated fats are are great, and so those are your olive oils. Um, But unsaturated fats, you know, if you're putting them under a lot of heat or putting them under a lot of light, they can get oxidized. So your plasticky, clear bottles of canola oil are already going to be giving inflammatory responses the second you eat it. So it's what types of fats, but really looking at low sugar for inflammation and or no sugar. Um, Any type of blood sugar increase if you get a spike at all is going to immediately instigate an inflammatory response and so we're really looking for if you want something a little bit sweet add your own and add it from dates or coconut nectar um, as opposed to just white refined sugars and just really read your labels because sugar is being added to everything Mm -hmm. so look at what type of fat is in the ingredient list and then just how many sugar things you can see it is truly in everything. It's if you were to ever everywhere, yeah. yeah. And it's they have weird hidden names. Maltodextrin mm. is a type of sugar, and they'll put concentrate and juice to make it look healthier. But oftentimes, this does just means added sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a. You should probably. You could probably teach a class on how to give up sugar. And oh my <laughs> just gosh! Yeah, it could be a whole series. <laughs> 
Are there specific things to look for on a food label that would fall within an anti-inflammatory diet? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we, we dig through labels together whenever I work at my clients because every time um, people look at labels, they tend to look at calories. And calories don't matter so much. They do to some extent, but really you could eat 100 calories of broccoli and 100 calories of cake. Mm. Either way, you ate 100 calories, but what did you just get from that food and what inflammatory response or not are you getting? So really you want to bypass calories, even oftentimes bypass fat unless you're a cardiac patient. Um, and go straight down to looking at carbohydrates. What type of carbohydrates do you have? Are we having high fiber and low sugar, or is it high sugar and low fiber underneath that carb? So you want a minimum of three grams of fiber, minimum, the higher the better. Mm. Um, maximum seven grams of sugar, and really you want that to be much lower. And ideally, there's a little line underneath that that says added sugars now, and you want that to be almost zero. zero. Okay. Um, and then you want to go straight to the ingredients because things can be really tricky. They can say no trans fats and low sugar, but that's full of artificial things in the bottom. So in your ingredients, your main kind of rules to stick by are, are is everything recognizable? Would you have that in your kitchen? If you were to have the time to make this loaf of bread, would you put all of these things in there? Would you find those in your pantry? And if not, because you don't know what it is, maybe not a good choice. Mm. Um, there should be no more than two or three sugar words, so dextrins and syrups and concentrates, and none of those should be in the top three. And you don't want to see the word hydrogenated because that means that there's trans fats. Mm -hmm. So if it kind of falls all within those guidelines, high fiber, low sugar, no trans fats, and you can recognize everything, it's probably okay. Mm. Oh, those are all key. That, right? Okay, so we're no hydrogenated, nothing trans fats, zero, especially right on the top there. Yeah. Uh, is there any truth to claims that gluten, dairy, and soy are harmful to our health? There can be. It really depends on the person. Those three things are inflammatory triggers that a lot of research has shown they tend to trigger an inflammatory response more often than other types of foods. Gluten especially has been found to create what's called kind of leaky gut syndrome where it can permeate the gut. Now in very small amounts, if you're not someone who's very um, resistant or who reacts quite often to gluten, small amounts, like especially from whole grains like barley, is probably not going to cause too much of an effect. But again, if you're someone who has that underlying inflammation going on, you have autoimmune or risk of diabetes, you already have an inflammatory response, and then you have excessive gluten because it's everywhere and in everything, mm -hmm. and it's going to start permeating the gut and start creating that leaky gut syndrome of inflammation. Um, dairy, same thing. A lot of people tend to be a little bit intolerant, and it can create a lot of bloating and kind of mess with the microbiome. Not for everyone, and soy is really a tricky one. If you have someone who has thyroid, you do want to kind of stay away from soy. If not, soy could be really beneficial in whole food soy, so edamame, organic tofu, mm -hmm. and tempeh, but not your soy riso type of things, then you're just getting processed food again. You know, and I've noticed um, a lot of times this happens, this occurs when people get older or mm -hmm. there's like a, an age, like all of a sudden at 40, boom, it just seems yeah, like... it's funny you said 40. Yeah, that's actually the age in research that shows when aging starts to happen. This mm. aging process begins right around 40, and that's when we just start developing less and less enzymes that help to break down nutrition and help us to absorb things. And But then, unfortunately, now with our food environment, people are hitting that aging process much earlier with that inflammation that we talked about. Yeah, and we're not as tolerant as other things. Yeah. What are uh, probiotics, and should we be taking them? 
Yeah, probiotics are actually live bacteria in our gut. We have this whole little planet inside of us of these little alien beings of <laughs> probiotics, and they're bacteria that help us or don't help us to digest, to absorb, to metabolize things. But unfortunately, we can affect what type of bacteria we have in there by what we eat, what toxins we're exposed to by our environment. So the more healthy foods you eat that are called prebiotics, your fiber, the more you have healthy probiotics going on. And the more kind of junk food and processed foods you eat, the less prebiotics you're feeding them. So you're creating more monster aliens than good, good for you ones. Um, so ideally you want to be eating your probiotics. So fermented foods, sauerkraut, kimchi, um, kefir, even tempeh, um, and miso. These are all fermented foods that give a food source of probiotic along with the prebiotic just in the food package. That being said, most of us don't eat these lovely plant-based diets and we're exposed to a lot of bad stuff in our environments. And so it's not a bad idea to also take it in supplement form. Mm, okay. You just answered a question. Thank you. What are some uh, quick and easy meal and snack ideas that fall within the anti-inflammatory diet? And uh, what are your thoughts on desserts? Yeah, Sweet I'm all here. for them. Okay. <laughs> I'm all for all of it. Desserts, breakfast, snacks, eat just real food. My challenge to everyone is to see if you can get veggies at every meal, including breakfast. Mm. So we talk about that in my class a lot in, you know, if you love oatmeal, can we put some shredded zucchini or some shredded carrots in there and make it zucchini bread oatmeal? Um, so hot cereals that are whole grain are a great thing to start the day, but you really want to add the proteins to it. Add the nuts and seeds, chia seeds, walnuts, um, and veggies. Eggs are a great morning. Um, or a smoothie, but make sure your smoothie is not just fruits and milk because then it's a big sugar spike. You want to make sure there's maybe some nut butter in there or some seeds or protein powder. So those are good things to start today. Snacks, my rule of snacks is they should just be plants. So don't bring in all of the other junk for snacks. Snacks are just to get us to that next meal. So nuts and fruit, nut butter and fruit, um, maybe some sunflower seeds. Those are good things. Um, celery with nut butter on it. Those are awesome. Um, lunches and dinners, stir fries are amazing. Um, having some sort of just whole grain bowl. So a bowl with some sauteed veggies and a protein, um, some fish you could do like a, even a tuna and cucumber slices are a really nice lunch. Mm. And then as far as desserts, focus on the fats instead of the sugar, which is kind of a flip, um, of thinking, but you can make this really yummy chocolate tort by mixing up, um, chia and coconut milk and cocoa powder, and then melt that into a crust of almond crushed up with coconut oil and just a tablespoon of sugar. Okay, I'm so hungry right now. Are you guys hungry? <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Do you offer all of these recipes somewhere? I do, you do? yeah, okay. yeah. So it's fun to taste those things and see how much, you know, especially with desserts, the fats can be satiating much more than the sugars. Wow. Okay, this is great. Um, do you, okay, I was just, you, I'm, I'm <laughs> looking at, you food. are, I'm thinking, where do I go to put your website now to get all of these <laughs> recipes? Um, so let's talk about how you can modify, when you say modifying meals, what does that mean? There's always a way to make your favorite food work. It's okay. not going to always taste exactly the same. So if you're someone who needs to watch their blood sugars and you love lasagna, we're probably going to take away some of that pasta or make it lentil-based pasta and add veggies and, and spinach into the sauce. So it's not going to be exactly the same, but we can mimic those flavors. Yeah, like so, I've had spinach lasagna or zucchini or something. Yes, Could you do that? exactly. You can use zucchini instead. Um, if you're someone who does need a higher fat diet, then maybe we, we make um, some 
sort of pudding out of chia seeds and coconut milk instead of just your standard Yoplait yogurt. There's no matter what recipe you have, there's a way to sort of mix and match the fats and the carbs to make it work for you and mimic the flavors. And you just have to wrap around your head that the texture might be a little different or flavor might be a little bit different, but there's a way to, to really mimic it. Mm. I have a finicky husband too, so I'm gonna have to figure out how do I hide it. <laughs> come see me, and don't hide things. Be really upfront, and get you know get people to to understand get what on you're board. doing. Yeah, okay. um, and I shouldn't have blamed that my husband. I said it's <laughs> thy kids too. Please <laughs> not listening to the show today. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Um, do you have any tips and tricks for those uh, that are new to healthy cooking? So that's just on yep. what we were just talking about. Yeah. So get prepared. So the three things you need to prepare are your kitchen your menu and your people. Okay. <laughs> so get your kitchen ready. It, you shouldn't have junk food all over the countertop. Um, look at your pantry and at your refrigerator. What's staring you in the face when you open the doors and what's kind of hidden out back? Because I, of course, we're gonna need some sugar in the pantry if you like to bake, but that shouldn't be on the shelf right at eye level when you open the pantry. Mm -hmm. Lots of vegetables. Um, make sure you have herbs and spices and all those good oils to to prepare the meals. So prepare your kitchen, and we do that in class together. Um, prepare your menu, so you need to get organized. It doesn't happen just like that. If you are new to cooking, you need to spend some extra time doing some prepping. Chop your veggies, um, put things in baggies so they're ready to cook when you get home super late on a Tuesday because soccer practice went late, so that you can just throw the stir fry into the pan. So it takes a little bit of the time up front in order for that to work for you for the rest of the week. And then prepare your people. So talk to your family, <laughs> talk to your friends of we're making a change because if you're the only one starting to eat anti-inflammatory and everyone else isn't, you're either making extra meals, which doesn't work, or you're getting complaints from the family and you just need to be adamant, get people on board and ask them what they need from you in order to make it happen too. Yeah, and especially just kind of going along the lines of if you have something in your family, we have have Alzheimer's in our family. Mm -hmm. So if you want to make a, a great change for other purposes, um, letting people know. I think that's a, a yeah, good idea. Yeah, and, and get their questions. You know, sometimes kids, if you have kids at home, they just need to know why we're doing this and mm -hmm. bring them to a dietitian if they need to hear it from someone other than mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good point too. Uh, well, this is great information. Thank you so much for your time and great advice. And we really appreciate your knowledge and look forward to having you on again. But in the meantime, you can get more information on Megan and her website. It is SynergyMedFit.com. It's S-Y-N-E-R-G-Y-M-E-D fitfit.com. Thank you so much. We look forward to your next visit. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market radio show and for shopping at Mother's Market. The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition.